when we broke or divided from the light, or I mean the vineyard, we said we were going to be called the light. How are you guys doing at being the light? What does that mean to you? Remember what it said in Matthew five sixteen. What was what did Jesus say? What did Jesus say? Matthew five fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise who? The Father. All right, so remember, we are lights. When we bear his name, his light comes into us. We're not the light in that sense. He's the light, but it has to flow through us. So we're the vehicle, we're the lantern, we're the the plastic casing. And we needed a light last night. Because Gina would not let me go to sleep because she kept smelling gas. (laughs) I said, it's nothing, don't worry about it. It's something, I know it is. So 11.30, I called Watts Gas Company. He gets over at midnight. Do you have a flashlight? Yes, I have a flashlight. Anyways, we all lived, we're all fine. Um, But the light was very important. Was something wrong? Was she right? Well, we have an empty and we have an empty propane tank in the backyard, which we've never had in our life. So somebody he just came it's in. Just a coincidence. I'm I'm skeptical. Anyways, they're coming again. We, we had somebody manipulating our gas, so it probably was. That, yeah, two days ago we had someone come to put another attachment to the. Anyways. But anyways, okay. the light was very important because the light shined into the darkness, so he could see what he was doing, right? <laughs> We are, God's the light to us, so we can see what we're doing, but we need to be the light to everyone around us so they can see what God is doing. All right, so we must never forget that, that we are the light. When we carry the name of Christ in us, through us, we're the light. It's, it's a heavy, weighty responsibility, but yet it is how humbling is it that God would use us to be the light? So we're all missionaries, right? It's not reserved for a few people. We're all missionaries. In your workplace, in your family, they should see the light. All right, that's why we're called the light. We want to know the light. We want to be the light to others. We want to live in this light so we can enjoy the freedom and the power that drives away the darkness, right? Doesn't light drive away darkness? So, in order to do that, so we are the light, in order to do that, we've been going through the foundations of the Christian walk. And we use the acronym STOP, S-T-O-P, and we've already gone through the first one. It took six months or so, but it was seeking God. Seeking God. (coughs) So that's the foundation. (coughs) That leads me to the next point. Um, How are you guys doing? I ask every week, and James and I talked or Wednesday night. How, how are you doing at seeking God? So if I ask you, what's the most important thing in your life? Everybody would probably say Jesus, my relationship to him. 
But then when I ask the next question, what's the proof? What's the evidence of that? So I ask myself that. And we need to ask each other, really? Is God really the most important thing in your life? Then why is it so difficult for us to seek Him? Right? I'm, I say this, it's a little bit hard. I know that, but it's because I love you. And I want what's best for you. So I cannot get beyond that. We need to be seeking God on our own. We need to be getting in the Word of God daily. <clears throat> Yes, the Amoses aren't here. Lori's not here to say it's not a ritual. It isn't a ritual. It's a relationship. It's a relationship because God loved me so much. I want to know him and love him back. And that's the Christian life. So if we're not seeking him, we can want to do all kinds of things for him. We can want to be a missionary. We can want to do the right thing. It just doesn't work because it's all built on the relationship. It's built on this intimate walk with Christ. And it's through that that he does the work and how wonderful he gets the glory. It's not me, it's him. I've died, he lives through me, and he gets the glory. So I emphasize again, seeking God, I didn't write down here. So what can we do? James and I didn't come to any conclusions, but what can we do to keep each other accountable to seeking God? Think of ways um, we need accountability. Eventually, as we grow in our walk, we'll love it so much that you know we'll clear our schedules because I need my time with Christ. Um, but what can we do? I mean, does do we need each other? Do we need spouses to keep each other? I brought in, you know, this is what I read in touch. Stanley, he sends out a free book. You can get it on, on your phone. And I do this devotional. Um, I do other devotionals too, Oswald Chambers. But do you guys have material? Like, should I take the time and say, okay, everybody tell me now what material you're going to study? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like I, wanna, I want to do everything I can to get you in the Word of God every day. So does everybody have something they do? Or do you just sort of open, flip the Bible and read a, a page or two? I mean, I don't know what works for you. But does everybody... Yeah, Miranda. Maybe, sorry, it's the teacher in me. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should have logs. So we log what we do. And then we turn it in on Sunday, but it's all anonymous. So, like, <laughs> we're still accountable, but you don't... It's awesome not like you know who we are. Right, well, you know, James... <laughs> I mean, James and I talked about that. Do, do we need that step? Are people willing to buy into that step? Do you need that little extra? I mean, we use it at our workplace. I mean, our numbers are posted. And if you're low, man, that's a motivator. You better pick up the base to get going. You know what I mean? I don't know. Do we need, do we need some public? I guess your names wouldn't be attached to it. Do, do we need public accountability? I would say the accountability partner is huge. That's what I have. And we meet every Friday morning. And we can see how what we're in, mm-hmm. what we're we also do a study together, go through the book of James. So I've just been reading James over and over, one, five days, one Monday through Friday, each chapter. Mm-hmm. I want to know that book because there's right. a lot of stuff in there. It's fun. Wonderful, right. And of course, everything I've been going through. You know, right. First, first I read is 
right. pure joy. Consider it pure joy. Your name's yeah. written all over that. So accountability partner. Oh, yeah. And he texts, critical. he texts me and says, have you been in the Word today? Yeah. A lot of so, times he does how that. How long does it take? Right. A minute if max, right. how much you put in there? Right. Just encourage somebody. Can we put that as an idea? Text each other? Yep. Then at the we, same time, when you're doing that, you're building community, which is right. what we want in this right. class. And if we aren't concerned about each other's mm-hmm. like state, spiritual state, then we, we have no community as, right. a, as a group. And speaking of community... Just this Wednesday night yes. women's study and this Tuesday morning <laughs> women's. I mean, it does, it kills every bird with one stone because it kind of forces you to get in the Word every day to accomplish the study and study His Word. It has accountability built in because we're discussing it. So if you haven't done it, you know, that's it. You know. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so I would encourage everyone to join us on Tuesday mornings or Wednesday nights. But again, you're leaving the men out. Yeah, no. always leave the men out. Aren't we supposed yeah. to be the you're leaders? On there. <laughs> Can I just say something too? I think that also, if you're not, and I'm not saying this as a whole, but if there's a time in your life where you're dry spiritually, like just beg God to give you the desire, even mm-hmm. to just, even if it's not exciting, right. to just read, just because mm-hmm. it's the right thing to do, mm-hmm. and it turns into joy. Right. I can speak that from experience. Right. So. Justin Rick, I know that um, this Sunday, I think, is the start, or today, rather, is the start of the Word of Life mm-hmm. Bible, their, their quiet time set, mm-hmm. that they're starting for the year. Like, this is their week one. Mm-hmm. So, so okay. there's Word of Life, they have a... The Quiet Time Diary. Yeah, so quiet Time Diary, Word of Life. Mm-hmm. And now it's it's a little bit on us as parents. I don't know how many other people have kids in that age it becomes a little bit more of like, well, I guess if you really want to know what's, what your kids are reading, you better read it too. So. Right. But it's all structured. It's all laid out. It's all really right. clear. We're all doing, as a family, the same, <coughs> same passage every day. It makes leadership easy, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, we're called to be the leaders of our families. And if you're stopping at, well, you know, uh, I feel awkward leading my family. You get this one of these things, right? And emotional, mm-hmm. and then it's like right there for yeah. you. You just have to you have say, to make up anything. Who's who's going to read first? Mm-hmm. Who's going to read second? Right. So, and what he's saying, what what uh, you were saying, Chris, is, you know, when you text somebody, hey, have you gotten in your word? That keeps you accountable too, right? It's like, and then with your children, if you're going to say, hey, kids, you need to be in your word of life bible study if you're not in it there's no power to it unfortunately when you're in it and you say it there's power in it so we have to keep each other accountable this is a process that we can work through it's going to build community it's going to show you know our love and concern which we should as christians we're a small group within the larger group but that's the way we're designed. We're, we're designed to try to meet each other's needs and be along, come alongside each other spiritually. And I know many of you have family members and other people at work, et cetera, that are involved in that, and we understand that. Um, but we just want to make sure that we are being obedient to God and keeping each other accountable, helping each other, one another, grow in um, their walk, in their faith, in their trust. So... I'm going to say, does everybody right now know what they're going to study? Because I know you're going to do it. 
what they're what you're going to what are you going to have in your possession i mean this is this is all you know there's a verse at the top this is what i do i meditate on it and there's other verses maybe embedded in it that i go and look up um and then I do studying for teaching, but I have my own quiet time. It's all one and the same, but um, this isn't, I mean, there's really, if I say God's my, the most important thing in my life, and I don't have time to do this, but I have time to get on my phone and see what everybody else is doing and where they've been and what their kids are doing. Ah, what are we going to say when we stand before the Lord? And again, I know this might be hard, but I think it needs to be so that we grow in what is most important. You know, so can the TV be cut off so I can do this? Uh, Guys, it has to be. It really has to be. If you want to grow, if you want to become the person God wants you to be, if you want to know God intimately and personally, there's no other way. So... You know, again, I'm a, I really would like to say, I'd like to pass around a sheet and say, what are you going to do? You know, by Sunday, you guys need to tell me. And, and, and again, I feel, I don't want to lord over you at all. I'm just here as one of you guys trying to help get this going so we can be accountable. And again, I, it, you can study a book of the Bible. You can do the word of life. It's whatever you feel led or, or like to do. But is that fair for me to say? Am I being too hard? Too overbearing? Too parental? Do it. Do it? <laughs> as long as do we it. don't have those competition lists, because we want to do it the right reasons. Right, and yeah, exactly. Right, the right reason is because we love him. And we know what he's done for us. If we realize how wretched we were, and that he had no real reason to reach in and save us. We were blind. I could. I was helpless. I was in prison. I was sold as a slave. But by his grace and mercy, he opened my eyes to see. And not only did he do that, now he walks with me every day, leading me through this life. It just it, it never ends. Um, and it's out of that outpouring that we go back to him. And yes, there are times when we need discipline. We need somebody to come alongside of us and say, hey, get in the word. Start praising him. You know, um, but yes, did somebody have a question? No. So, I'll just say, Chris, you get to choose to do or not. But from that, I learned that if you don't get in it a day, your attitude is different. But then what are you losing out on? Well, God has the opportunity right. for you to. Right. You got testified, but if you're not in the word, how is God going to draw that verse when you mm-hmm. need it? <clears throat> right. Multiple times we could work with it, and mm-hmm. stuff come out of my mouth. I don't remember what he's saying. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah especially no. now with the testimony that I have through the trial I've just gone through the last year. Right. People ask me like crazy, "What I do? I broke my heels, and why the questions have come out of that? Mm-hmm. It's awesome." Right. There are opportunities every day for us to be the light, and if we're not in His Word, <clears throat> setting our mind on Him, we'll miss those. I know it. Walking into the patient's room. I'm caught in my own world, thinking my own thing, got to get through my own schedule. Um, it's a different experience than if I'm submitted to the Lord, committed to Him, in His Word. So, does um, that fair for everybody? The assignment is find something 
There's different devotionals from different people. There's all kinds of things. There's a book of the Bible you may be wanting to go through over and over and over. Um, so something. And we'll have you write it down next Sunday. So I know if you're not, well, I'm not here. Rick's going to, I'm going to call next Sunday. Rick, can you follow up on that? Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and there will be lashes for everyone who does it. No, you don't have to write your name by it, but you can just write it down. And, or write it on a 3 by 5 card and turn it in, what you're going to study. And then um, the next question I'm going to ask you is, do you have a time? I'm going to make you commit to a time. When are you going to do it? Now, again, uh, there's always flexibility in this, and it's not rigid. But from my experience, if you have something you do time where you do and when you do it and a place where you do it it becomes very effective so does it, everybody know when they can do it they already have a time that they know this is my time and and this is time now that it's you and the lord it's not again i don't want to step on toes but it's not driving to work we can praise him we can worship him i listen to sermons every day to and from work. That's what I do. But this is time for just you and Jesus. No distractions. No children, no phones, nothing. So do you know a time when that can happen? Spouses, we may need to help each other. Um, so you'll have to have what you're going to do, a time you're going to do it, and a place. It may be the bathroom. It may be the closet. You may have to hide from your kids. Sometimes I hide from my kids because I hate saying no when they come to me. You know, it's like, oh, gosh. I love you. I don't want to say I'm not a caring, loving father. But sometimes I just have to hide. So they can't find me. Uh, don't tell them that. Do you hide in your car? Or where do you? Um, I'm not telling. She's here. <laughs> Uh, but find a place where you and Jesus can be alone to talk and it'll become the most wonderful time that you ever experience. There's nothing else in life that can, can compare. Nothing that can compare with you communing with Christ. Absolutely nothing. When you get a taste of that, you're going to want that. So we're creating, we're setting the ambiance for this to take place, but it is. It's going to be next. Rick, you got a lot of stuff to do. Yeah. <laughs> what they're going to do, what time they're going to do it, and where they're going to do it. it. Yeah. All right? You commit to that. Can we commit to that? Should I say for seven days or for 40 days? <laughs> seven sounds like what is reasonable? 40 days? I guarantee if you commit to that, you will, I know the God I believe in. And I know that he will honor that. Rick, you prayed, if you draw near to God, he'll draw near to you, right? That's his promise. If he's not faithful, then I don't want anything to do with him. He's faithful. Can you do that? You can write it on your own, 3 by 5 card. If you have some, we can bring some cards to hand out. But that's going to be your assignment. And if you're not here then I'm going to know. 
<laughs> but you're not willing to do it. So I won't be here, but I'll be checking on it. Um, and then um, as we go forward, we can really, you know, I'll probably take those cards because every once in a while I'll probably, you know, read them out. Hey, whoever read this, are you, are you doing it? I'm going to keep you accountable. If you can develop accountability with your spouse, that's wonderful. It's not a harping. Sometimes it's hard between spouses because then it can be judgmental. and It's all in the spirit of love. We want what's best for the other person. You know, and we can we can do this. This is what God has intended us, right? We're called into fellowship. That's a calling. He says it in Corinthians. You're called into fellowship. We forget that. We get saved. You're called to salvation, called to go out into the world. But perhaps we're missing one giant piece. And where it all starts is this fellowship. All right. So... That's the assignment for next week. Um, now, we'll get to the talk here today. Let's make sure. These were my notes from last time, the stuff I didn't get to. So I'm, <laughs> I'm making sure uh, I got to all of that. All right. Now, we've moved on. Now, we're talking about trusting God. And we said trust is the same, same root word in the Greek as faith in the scriptures and belief in or belief upon so we're going to use these terms interchangeably but we're the first step in trusting God is how can I acquire this trust how can I get faith faith to believe what God says and faith to believe who he says he is right we learned from Hebrews what faith is um, so we're, we're saying God how can I get this faith how can I acquire trust and number one, we learn from Ephesians, and it's a gift from God, right? That's salvation. We couldn't do it. We, we wouldn't have the faith in and of ourselves. By the grace of God, he gives us the faith to believe, okay? We said that he gives it in different portions, interestingly, from Romans twelve three, as he has apportioned it, the faith. So we're not all given the same faith in God's wisdom and understanding, but we're all held accountable to the faith we're given. And we said, to whom much is given, well, much is expected. All right, so can I say, well, I, didn't, I wasn't given any faith like that, so I'm just going to do what I want to do? No, because Luke 7 brings out the fact that you just need a little tiny bit of faith, which is already given to you at salvation. All right, so we have faith to do amazing things um, for him for his glory but we are to grow in our faith right and we know when Hebrews that Jesus is the author of it he gives us it he's the perfecter of it he's watching over it he's trying to through trials and hardships and what we're going to talk about he's trying to grow us up in our faith we can resist it of course um, he doesn't force it upon us but so it's a gift given in different portions, and um, that in and of itself should make us humble, right? Because it is a gift from God. Then we moved on to, we said in Luke seventeen five, right? The disciples, uh, uh, funny, it's, 
it's in there, but he, you know, they just talked about how much should I forgive my brother? And Jesus tells them, and then he says, the disciples say, increase our faith. All right, and then he goes on to talk <clears throat> about something else, but we ask for it. Remember in Mark 9, 17 through 24, the, the dad with the possessed child, he brings it to Jesus, and Jesus, and he says, you know, if you can do this, and Jesus says, if I can do this, all things are possible for those who believe. And he says, help my unbelief. So we can ask the Lord for faith. Yeah, Rick. Number five. Ask God. Who said that? Your sister in Christ, Liz. Right. So we ask for the faith. Um, But we had some qualifications because faith is not a magic wand. Just give me the faith and I'll get what I want. I want this, I want that. Just give me the faith and God will give it to me. Is that really the father we serve? Is that the dad you guys are? If kids say the right words, you're just going to give it to them? No. And we hear this on TV a lot, you know, sort of that name and claim it. I just have faith in what I want and I'll get it. And that's very dangerous. Why is that dangerous? If I'm telling a believer, just have faith and you'll get it. Doesn't the word say that? Have faith in me and you'll do this. They should and know because I taught them when you weren't here. When they should know. Them, that's the very thing. Okay, well there you go. <laughs> so why is it dangerous? Because if they don't get it, then that turns people away. Right. I've seen personally in my life people walk away from the Lord because they had faith and they didn't get what they want. They wanted. In fact, God may have done something else. They need to understand it's His will. If you want something, it's going to be His will that you have it. Right. So there is a qualification for asking. It has to be in His will. It has to be in His name, what Jesus would ask for His Father's glory. I think uh, well, the lead singer of Skillet out an article mm-hmm. and it was basically talking about all these people walking away from faith they're going from worship pastors to I don't believe anything and basically the context of the article is faith isn't about emotion and these people are their jobs are driving emotion out of the crowd mm-hmm. and so if you if you take the emotion out of faith what do you have left and faith is a choice and it's trusting it's not about I feel right. right. I feel good at this moment, so I'm going to have faith. Right. I, I think just today's culture is shining the light on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I got, I got a question. Yeah, here, Crawford. Here, here's a thought. You know, First John says, you know, if I say I love my brother but I hate God, I'm not fooling God, right? Right. So, or maybe it's reverse. The reverse, but I that's I fine. Love yeah. God, but I hate my brother. Right. Right. So, you know, it's it's. Uh, Maybe trust is something like that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the problem isn't, oh, I trust God, I trust God, and the quality of my trust in God and all this kind of stuff. Maybe the problem is my broken relationship with my fellow man, mm-hmm. with my wife, with mm-hmm. my kids, you know? And how do I reacquire that trust in people who are as fallible as I am? Mm-hmm. You know, and then maybe that's where, you know, the heart is renewed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and again, I, I you know, this, re- this walking relationship with God is restored. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's trust is, 
I like the word trust better than faith because trust is a verb. Mm -hmm. Like love is a verb and hope is a verb. Mm -hmm. well, trust is a verb. It's also a noun, mm -hmm. but it's, it's in particular it's a verb. Mm -hmm. So it's a it's a working mm -hmm. thing, right? I mean, it's a word. It's, right. it's like it's faith in action. Yeah, it's like cutting. You know, cutting cutting is a is, <coughs> there's a cut and there's you know it's it's mm -hmm. every it's all things and mm -hmm. it's both it's a verb and it's a noun. And, but oftentimes I make it I make faith. I think in the church we make faith a noun, mm -hmm. as if something I have to acquire. Mm -hmm. But really, God doesn't work mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's more about do I love my wife? Do I trust my wife? Mm -hmm. And then maybe that's the measure of my you know my real faith right. in God. Right. So what you're saying is this: obedience. We still we make obedience a rule, right? But it's not a it's well, a relationship. As you were saying before, it's a relationship. Right, so I I could get off off course here. I don't know if I should, but um, <laughs> if you go, we can read John four if you want. Hey, I don't have my notes. Hey, what the heck? We'll just do it. <laughs> uh, You're free. I'm free. Uh, so we when we go to God, when we seek God, and and faith. It's belief in action. It's so Crawford. If I'm going to the Lord and I want to, I want to know Him and who He is. As I do that, He will show me myself, and He may say, "You know what? Your relationship with your wife is out," and He's going to target that. And every time you go to Him, He's going to target that. And we have to obey what He's telling us. And see the results of that, and our faith will grow. If I close my eyes, we're gonna. If we get to it, but that's the problem the Israelites had. Haven't they heard? We'll read it in Romans ten if we get there. But they heard, but they didn't believe, because faith come by hearing. Right? We got into that last time, and hearing the word of God. We can all sit in here and hear the word of God, but yet our faith isn't growing. Why? You know, that's maybe I, I won't get into John 4 because I've talked my way back into this. Um, but why, what happens, and you're hitting on why you're saying, well, there could be something with my fellow man that's out of whack, and I need to get that back in whack. Yeah. If your faith, if you're living in disobedience, it's going to be hard for your faith to grow. God won't honor that. Yeah, and how are, are gonna, just, how are we going to honor our children if they're living in disobedience? Just, oh, keep those doing are just that? Just sales objections. You know, that's like, well, I, I don't have enough time. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't really understand what I'm reading. I don't have enough training. Um, somebody's hurt me before. Um, I don't want to go to church because I don't like the way their music is. It becomes, mm -hmm. they're just objections, and they're kind of superficial. Right. Not really getting down to, I think, what the real core is. Yeah, everybody's going to hurt you. Like, because we're all flawed, mm -hmm. and we're all awful people. And, um, I mean, it's... So why, why are we going to allow that? If we really know that to be true, mm -hmm. why doesn't that point us back to really who God is and what, you know, what his whole point is? Like uh, in that James 4, it's saying your motive, you're going to ask for things. I'm not going to give it to you, God says, because mm -hmm. your motives are wrong. Right. Because you're an awful person. 
And, you know, um, I'm not going to do that. Apart from Christ, no. Apart from Christ. But, but that's, that's kind of our problem. Right. The I'm flesh is awful. Right. right. The flesh is awful, and guys, we can't improve the flesh. So we've got to stop trying to improve the flesh. So Crucify it. Walk in the Spirit. Yeah, pursuing that again just doesn't, if we drive it back to ourselves, like, well, what do I feel? What do I think? We're going to end up without the growth because I'm just going to do it because, like, it's what I want to do or I don't want to do it. Right. All of a sudden now, there, you know, where's the trusting in God? I'm really trying to trust myself because I'm trying. Right. So you guys are all bringing me back to Romans 10. James. Yeah, I was just going to say <laughs> the same. That's why time in the Word is important because the sinful nature is simply we don't know right. that. Like, we think what we do is fine and good. Mm-hmm. We don't even realize half of what we do until we're in the Word and the Holy Spirit points a direction. And then, then it goes back to number five where... It's obeying what right. it's telling you. Right. So to what Crawford was saying, I, I do agree with that, but we can't just expect that to happen on its own. Right. It's got to be... It's cultivated through this. Right. Exactly. So, well, I'll, I'll get to maybe John's John 4 later, but interestingly, this was a man <coughs> whose son was dying, and he heard Jesus was around. So he went 8, 10 miles to get to Jesus and said, Come, come, my son's dying, I need you need you to heal my son. And what did Jesus say? Um, he said, Jesus replied, you may go, your son will live. He so, showed his faith by seeking out Jesus. He, his, he, would do it. he showed his faith by seeking him out. But what's the next sen- sentence? The man took Jesus at his word and <coughs> departed. He wanted Jesus to come back with him. Come back with me. Touch my son. Heal him. And Jesus didn't come back with him. He said, go, depart. Your son's healed. What did the man do? He left and went back. So there's a, there's a requirement almost always to our faith and its obedience. So we have to step out and do what he says. As this man, what did he do? He took Jesus at his word. That's what we need to do. Take Jesus at his word. Right? Not debate with him. Not argue not try to rationalize in our mind but we take Jesus at his word again we're up here reading the word of God talking about it to transform our minds so we think like he thinks far too long we've thought the way the world thinks and we believe what the world tells us it's so natural appeals to the flesh so we get in the word of God he he, he transforms the way we think and that's in this process of knowing who God is. This happens in this relationship with Him. And we start to think the way He thinks. That's when we have faith. Because I think the way Jesus thinks. Um, okay. So let's go to Romans 10. We'll, we'll get through this. Now we have to be done because we have another class that comes in at a quarter to. So... Um, a little different from being in Mexico, and we could go on forever. We can't hear it. We got rules and regulations. But so Romans 10. If you remember, we got. So the question was, you know, and, and this is what he poses here. Um, he says in Romans 10, starting in 11, he says, as the Scripture says, anyone who trusts in Him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. 
How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. But not all the Israelites accepted the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. But I ask, did they not hear? Of course they did. So faith comes by hearing the word. Israelite, now he's talking to the Israelites about salvation here in Christ. We're going to apply this to our faith in general. Yeah, Rick. Yeah. Uh, the, you, you're reading the NIV, and the ESV says, but, but they have not obeyed the gospel. Right. Which is, not even that they haven't accepted and become saved, but maybe they have accepted mm-hmm. and become saved, but they're not obeying. Right. So implicit in salvation, we don't tease it out, but is obedience. There's a, we are obeying God when we accept him as Savior. We don't tease it out that way, but he becomes our Lord. We submit to him. We are in obedience to him. Verse 12 is one of those verses which gets taken out of context a lot. And a lot of the uh, name it and claim it teachers will use it for the Lord of Lords of all bestowing his riches on all who call on him. Mm-hmm. But it's also a perspective thing too because it's already been done for us as Christians. We have the riches of Christ. Right. And so you, if you have that perspective and you come to Christ in need, mm-hmm. you may not get the earthly need, but having that thought process and regardless, it's already been taken care of for the next life. Right. Um, that, that can help a lot too Absolutely. so we're asking the question the Israelites heard the message we hear the message there's a salva- salvation faith again we're, gonna, we're going to apply this to our daily faith um, why didn't Israel believe let's go to Romans 10 again but in the beginning brothers my heart's desire and prayer for God or to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved for I can testify about them that they are zealous for God they're zealous for God but their zeal is not based on knowledge since they did not know the righteousness that comes from God and sought to establish their own they did not submit to God's righteousness Christ is the end of the law so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. So going back here, looking what happened to Israel to make them hear the word but not believe. It can happen to us. We hear it, but yet our faith isn't growing. We're not believing. So I wrote things down. What do you think, guys? Tradition. Tradition. Historically, Old Testament laws is what they had to follow. Right. The New Testament was totally different. It's relying on Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if your faith is in your tradition versus Christ, mm-hmm. it will never pan out. Right. So that sort of leads to the first part. They were zealous. They had all these traditions for God, but they didn't know God. And I, we have a whole section on knowing God and acquiring faith. That's the last one we'll do. But they didn't know really God. Right, he goes on to say, um, 
But the righteousness that is by faith says, Do not say in your hearts, Who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down. They thought they could obtain the righteousness of Christ through their own work, through my own. I'm going to bring Christ down. Hey, I can be as good as Christ because I can be righteous. I can be holy by obeying the law. But we know that no one can obey the law. So we're all found guilty. Right? And what happens when we're guilty? They didn't understand the holiness of God. They didn't understand the holy standard of God and their own unrighteousness. This may be a Shane Amos question, but mm-hmm. the Old Testament was about works and sacrifice and the blood of the lambs or mm-hmm. sacrifices uh, clearing sin. So from, from that perspective, that's what they were trained to do as well. So it was about the works of repentance and works of righteous living historically leading up to Christ. And at that point, it's not Christ's pain. So how, how does that relate for them Well, you, that s- you said it all. They all needed a sacrifice. Right, and it's all going back to Genesis where you know, God said that in the seed of the woman was there where they would be saved. And so all of that was just pointing them toward Christ, and their faith in that was faith in the future promise of the ultimate <coughs> sacrifice of Christ. And if their faith was in their sacrifices in that way, and not in the sacrifices for themselves, then they had faith and had righteousness. But right. if they believed in the sacrifice of the animal saving them, then they didn't. Right. And, and there's no difference for us today, right? We still want to live holy lives, as they did. I mean, we still, we're not exonerated from that holy living, but it, it's now under we know we can't do it it's Christ who does it through us so that leads to the next point what they were trying to obtain it through self effort right Um, they're zealous for God but their zeal is not based on knowledge since they did not know the righteousness that comes from God and sought to establish their own okay if we're trying to grow our faith just for faith circumstance or just for faith so I can get whatever I want out of this life it's, and I'm working harder and harder to achieve something on my own it's not going to work right I cannot achieve and it's, a, it's like two sides of the coin you're saying wait a minute I can grow my faith I need to be in the word uh, which we're going to talk about here we talked about last time in James but the effort it's the goal the motive behind the effort to achieve my own righteousness, to achieve what I want, I'm going to have faith so I can get that new car or I can get that new job. And I'm going to study the scriptures. I'm going to put in all my effort. It won't work. All right? It's not a self-effort to get what I want um, to achieve. They, they were trying to achieve righteousness, and they couldn't. Right? We know that. So we have to be careful when we're growing in our faith Uh, Yes, we need to know who God really is, his standard. If we don't know God, we're not going to trust him. We're not going to have faith. And we're going to talk about that in more depth. But to seek faith for faith in and of itself, we've talked about, is not right. (coughs) We seek God, and out of that relationship comes the faith. All right? 
And I think that's the name and claim it. People, well, hey, you just have faith and you're going to get what you want. And people do all this stuff. I've seen them study and study and listen to music and put all these things in their mind. And externally, it looked like, man, these guys got great faith. But then when it doesn't turn out the way they want, they fall away. Their motives are wrong. Their motives. It's all self-effort. I want to do it myself for my gain. That's right. I think there's got to be a balance, though, because we're looking at extremes. And you have to do the self-will, self-effort, mm-hmm. self, well, self-righteousness, no, but self-will and self-effort mm-hmm. to force yourself to spend time in the Word at times because you don't feel like doing right. that. You don't want to do that. But then you will get benefits from bringing Right. So, and it's what it's Peggy, when you're Peggy, relying on that, it becomes bad. Right, and it's what Peggy said, is what's your motive? That's why I'm trying to point you to Jesus, not to faith. That's the bottom and line. Sometimes the motive has to be obeying right. what Christ says comes to the Word. Right. That's not always because you feel like it or because you're motivated to seek God. Right. So. Right, exactly, but you're not motivated because you want more money. You know what I mean? That's the difference. You're motivated because you know it's the right thing to do. Self-will is in self-motivation. Right. I'm saying when what they had, they wouldn't submit, right? God told them what was right. And they said, no. I'm going to get it myself. I'm going to do it my way. So what does he say? They did not submit to God's righteousness. So God's saying, you can't be righteous. You can't have this faith apart from me. You can do all you want. It's not going to happen. I want you to submit your will. Right. It's like there were some who were following the law and doing what they were supposed to do who thought that, hey, I'm a good person because of this. And then there were others who were doing the same things but admitted they were sinners. Right. Admitted they needed God. They needed the promised Messiah who's coming. And those are the ones who got up Right. When Christ was sacrificed, those are the ones who people saw walking around Jerusalem. Right. Came out of their tombs. Right. And he also says, what does Christ say? I I came not for the healthy, I came for the sick. Right? The Pharisees thought they were this. They thought they knew God. They had great self-effort. They were doing everything they wanted to do, but they wouldn't submit. Their hearts weren't submitted. If our faith is going to grow... Put it this way, and we got to end here shortly, but in order for us to walk in the Spirit, in order for us to have faith in the Word of God, it is essential that we give up control, that we submit our will to His. If you're still holding on to your own, you're, you're dousing the Spirit's fire. He's asking for us to surrender control, to submit our will to His. That's when the Holy Spirit takes over. That's when we're emboldened with the faith we need to do what He wants us to do. If we're holding on to ourself, not submitting like the Pharisees or Israel in general, faith is stunted. Faith will not grow. We have to get going. Um, So... We're learning from the Israelites. If we want our faith to grow, guys, we've got to know them. It's born out of a relationship with Him, not the emphasis on faith. We submit our lives to Him. And what, we're, what ha- happened to them and happens to us, we become self-righteous. 
we have pride. Do it my way. I don't need God. I can do this myself. God might be saying, that's not my will for your life. Why are you wasting time? Uh, so we have to be very careful. We did actually get into these two last time. You know, because here what James says is a balance. We need to meditate on the word. We can't be like the man in the mirror who forgets. Right? And James will review that next time. So what I wanted to get out of today for us is one accountability. That's the main thing. So you got your assignment. Write it down. Talk to your spouse. And again, yes, we know. I mean, if you miss a day, it's not the end of the world. But what we're going for is this consistency in time, place, and a method of what you're doing. Um, your faith will grow because it's the relationship. It's the relationship. Um, okay, so I'll close in prayer. I hope I'm not too tough on you guys. No, you're not. I'm not. We need it. <laughs> it comes from a spirit of love. It really does. Um, Heavenly Father, we're so grateful <clears throat> that you are so patient with us, that you hold out your arms to us, welcoming us at any moment. Forgive us, Lord, for turning from that love, that grace, and seeking our own will, doing it our own way, our own efforts. Father, we need you desperately to fill us with your Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dominate our lives, to shine your light in any darkness in our heart, in our mind, in our thinking, because your light will bring with it healing, strength, power, energy to do your will, to be the people you want us to be. We just submit everything to you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right, guys. See you in a couple weeks. Rick's got next week. I'll be on call in the hospital. You know where to find me.